So, oh yeah, um, on a, um, before you start, um, just let y'all know, uh, Iceman is a Hulk Hogan fan. So, that nigga's a bold face lie. That nigga's a bold face lie, That nigga, I hate everything Hogan. If this got a leg drop in it, I don't want right. to see it, dog. And that's including Tekken, nigga. It, if you play King, it's a red dot on you, dog. I'm killing you. For them giving that nigga that goddamn really? leg drop. Really? It's that bad. I hate I've hated Hulk Hogan. Okay, so we we're gonna dive in now. So and I'm gonna start with myself. So we're gonna get you, nigga. So I'm a uh so I'm a I'm a sports fan of all kind, right? And I became a sports fan of all kind in oh. 1986, right? My mom is the one that actually put me on to wrestling, okay? So but as a wrestling fan, um, and just I, I, I approached it like a, a lot of people did, which was, oh, man, it's, it's real to me at first. You know what I'm saying? When I got into watching it, my mom was a big fan of the Von Erics. She loved the Von Eric family. So obviously I took to the likes of like, you know, Texas Tornado and stuff like that right off the bat. And I wanted to do my, my homework on the Von Erics because I was like, dang, it's a bunch of them, man. And they out there, you know. Whooping ass, tearing shit up. And that's when I, I, I discovered within my first year of watching wrestling that it wasn't real and when uh, it stopped being, you know, actually real or whatnot. Um, my spiel on Hogan is and always will be is the fact that I never considered him legit from the jump. It was always something shady about that motherfucker. I never, as a kid, I never could get with the say your prayers Take your vitamin shit. I was like, bro, he's just too clean cut. There's nobody out there. Nobody out there who just does everything fucking right. So for me, the Macho Mans of the world, the villains of the world were more realistic to me. I, I loved the Bobby Heenans of the world. Because they would give you the, yeah, you know, that's okay, blah, blah, blah. And they would talk you through the rest of the shit being bullshit. So, yeah, you're going to hear me. When we talk later on, you're going to hear me kind of give a little bit more to the heels and stuff like that. But that's because with the history of wrestling, it's always been the baby faced. The baby faces normally have the long extended runs and the heels normally get away with beating you up, dominating you, you know what I'm saying, in a match and stuff like that. And the hero always overcoming and whatnot. I got tired of that shit. I was super glad that uh, I grew up in the era where I could see the shift from NWA to, to WCW. And then when the Attitude Era kind of kicked in, that went out the window. That it was no longer about you just being a clear-cut babyface and a clear-cut heel. You know, that we call them tweeners. Where, you know what I'm saying, the, people kind of colored in between the lines and stuff like that. Because... Even your parents lied to you at some point. They told you Easter Bunny was real. They told you that Santa Claus was real. So as much as people want to tell you that it's all about being clear, clean cut and that it's always about honesty and being truthful with you and blah, blah, blah. If you sit down and look within yourself and you look at shit that you've been through, analyzed throughout life, you realize that there's some somebody got a little bit of 
manipulation in them. But manipulation could be good. It could be bad. It's all about how somebody, you know what I'm saying, uh, utilizes it and how it's perceived by you. All right. So we're going to dive in, man. I appreciate everybody uh, for tuning in for our discussion for WrestleMania uh, 39. Uh, I am the coldest player in the game, Lord Iceman, for those who don't know. Um, see, we got about like five people in here. Matt Panther's in here. Uh, Cage is in here. A lot was going on with you, man. Appreciate you stepping in. Um, so what we're going to do is um, we're going to talk about WrestleMania 39. I want to get some two questions out the way um, for everybody. We're just going to go in order based upon how the chat is. So I see Breeze, Breezy is first, Cage, Locke, uh, Mac Panther, and uh, Sue is, is there. So we're, I'm going to ask this question to you all directly. Um, the question, and I'll put it in the chat just in case you forget because I know people want to talk and everything like that. So A... I'm going to ask, uh, when you became a wrestling fan, and and this next question is going to be, what is the most significant title change for you, for you, your, your most significant title change in your entire history of watching wrestling? When you became a wrestling fan, and the most significant title change that you can remember in your wrestling history. So, Breezy, we're going to go with you first. Then after that, it's going to be Cage and Neon. We're just going to deal with those two questions before we dive into WrestleMania. Well, I started watching wrestling around with Rocky Maivia before Nation of Domination, before he became The Rock. You know, even right at the same time where Stone Cold had the long hair where he was a, I believe he was a high flyer. So before the, you know, the rattlesnake, you know, gimmick, you know, so that's what I started watching wrestling at. Um, my dad actually got me and my brothers and sister into watching wrestling. You know, um, he was big on the Undertaker. You know, he, he, he just liked the enjoyment of wrestling. Um, especially around the Attitude Era, you know, he became a big fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, even when he figured out that, you know, wrestling was fake, he was still a fan of Stone Cold in and outside of the ring. It's because, um, you know, my, my dad, he, he's very country. So when he looks at, you know, uh, Stone Cold, you know, it's all just Texas, you know. So he, he likes that whole, you know, Texas mentality, you know, drinking beer, you know, talking shit. Um, the second question, uh, you said title change. Um, let me see. Well, significant you title to, change. You can look to the chat. Everybody, you can look to the chat to the right uh, to see, you know, when I type something in there. But, yeah, it's the most significant title change in your viewing history. All right. Okay. So when. All right. So title change. You talking about like them changing the belts or. I'm talking. Uh, I'm talking about like somebody winning, you know what I'm saying? Somebody like. It going to someone else because obviously, you know, what I'm saying we're talking about we're going to talk about Cody versus Roman. That's the title change. You know what I'm saying? So the most okay, all right for you. You know what I, I'm saying? I think I think the most significant one was when um, Mick Foley beat The Rock for the um, what what, what title was it? Damn it! Uh, was it Intercontinental Championship? I think it was Intercontinental Championship. No, nah, it was won. the world. It was the world um, title. It was the world title because uh, Mick Foley never held the IC title. Okay, the world title, because I believe that was the, um, 
I believe it was a no um, no holes bar match. Either it was no holes bar match or just a regular um, title match. Um, I remember watching that live. Um, my older brother believed that you know Mick Foley stood no chance against The Rock. You know at that particular time, um, it was actually you know I actually was a, a fan of Mick Foley around that time. I still am to this day. Um, so when he won the title, it was a shock to me. Um, it was like I had the same look Vince had on the sidelines. <laughs> like that was definitely for me the biggest significant change because from right there it just let you it let you know that you know anyone can win the title because um Mick Foley, we can pretty much say Mick Foley isn't a high caliber um talent in WWE back then, but um him winning that title over the rock and the rock was, you know, a big name back then. That was um a very, very, you know, significant change for WWE for sure around that time. So all right, so we gonna move to Cage Neon with the same two questions. Oh, uh, in between uh, in between if y'all do got anything going on in your background and stuff like that, just mute your mic so uh we don't pick it up for recording purposes, but go ahead. Okay. Um, so for me, um, I gone all the way back to like 98, 99, uh, me and my cousins, mostly my cousins, um, especially one in particular, he was a huge, huge wrestling fan back in the eighties, back in like the, he was like 12, 13 around that time. Um, big Hulk Hogan fan until, and, and until he found out all that that BS that happened later on, but he grew up around those uh, Bobby Heenan and the Macho Man's, as you were saying before. Um, with me, I was kind of, I guess, pushed into watching wrestling, and then I eventually started liking it. And it was around you know, 98, 99, around 2000 era. You know, we had Triple H's and Undertaker, Rock, Stone Cold, all that type of stuff, and. I was always big into video games, so that also helped a big deal. You know, they were buying uh, WCW World Tour and WWF No Mercy and all those type of games back in the N64 days, so that definitely like, elevated me being a wrestling fan. Um, I still watch it to this day, like whether it's WWE, TNA, ROH, AEW, like all of them, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, the most significant title change... Actually, there's there's two. There's actually two that I can remember. The the earliest one, I'll never forget it to this day. It was the first and only pay per view that my family actually bought. It was it was Backlash 2000. Actually, it was uh, the Rock and Triple H for the uh, WWF title, and Rock's getting screwed, you know, on an almost monthly basis by the. Uh, was it the man, the man, the McMahon Helmsley faction, the McMahon Helmsley era, and all that stuff? And I'll I'll never forget it to this day. It was the one time that I realized that like wrestling feels like an art form to me. It was after Triple H's entrance. It was when The Rock was walking, and he goes up to the top of the uh, top of the turnbuckle, and he's doing his taunt. And it was the lighting. It was the cameraman placement. It was how he. After he does his taunt and he turns and he just looks like stares down Triple H like like a barrel of a gun and then Triple H just staring right in the middle of the ring looking up at him like 
stack stack challenge you know like you ain't gonna take this tile away from me it was just how they looked at each other for like what it felt like it felt like hours but it was really just like a minute and a half it, like that moment right there i will never forget it and then seeing him almost getting screwed over again and then stone cold hitting coming out you know the glass shattering and mcmahon's all like oh my god and and shane's trying to stop him and briscoe and patterson trying to stop him it's not gonna work he's you know, he's smashing everybody with the stunner, hitting them with the chair, and then the rock, one, two, three. That right there was a really big deal for me. That made me, like, really fall in love with wrestling. Um, the second one, though, this is a lot more recent. Fast forward years later, you know, I'm a lot older. I think I was, like, 18? Um, it was WrestleMania 30 when uh, Daniel Ryan won the uh, the World Heavyweight Championship. And it was... Again, another perfect moment for me. It was like he went through these almost impossible odds. He had to go through. He literally had to run through evolution to get to it. You know, he beats Triple H. He gets screwed over almost there. And then he gets in the triple threat match with Orton and Batista. And it was the commentary. It was the crowd. It was hearing Michael Cole when he put in the yes like hearing Michael Cole go like tap out Batista. Like that right there kind of made me go like I'm jumping up and I'm like, please, like tap him out, tap him out, tap him out. And when he finally did, you know, I'm I was so hyped for it. It was at a family gathering. I got so hyped for it that people that don't even watch wrestling were excited for me because of the energy that I was bringing out. So those are like two of the most significant title changes I can remember in my history. All right. It's on you, Locke, if you can. I know you with the kids. No, I got the kids away. All I finally, right. like I said, I wait till my sister get back. Shoot. I started wrestling in early age, in the eight, or late 80s and such. Most of the thing, my introduction was to my great-grandmother and such. I grew up, you know, like everybody else, I was Tanker, Roddy Piper, Macho Man. Macho Man is one of my favorite wrestlers. Died on my birthday. Still did it. Each year on my birthday, I talk about, I do Macho Man's voice and shit. So, Basically, doing that time period, it was like all those type of things. The most significant, or not a fan I was. I was one of those kids doing backyard wrestling and some type of stuff growing up from Hindville, Georgia, and the military and such. So, going to indie shows, knowing the, you know half the wrestlers, knowing wrestlers before, you probably see them on the main, you know, roster or make it to WWE or WCW. Grew, you know, my family was Louisville, Kentucky, so I was in Ohio Valley Wrestling. So I knew about Brock Lesnar and all them before them. Where about like it was prototype Cena or Batista was Leviathan when Shelton and freaking Brock was a tag team. <laughs> so I was exposed to all type of stuff, indie wrestling, always down in there, backyard wrestling. We just grew up on that stuff. Uh, the most significant title change in history for me. It's technically two. There's a whole list, but I can two of them I say, even though people may be skeptical on the persons, is Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit when they both earned their first title shots when Eddie beat Brock um, Lesnar and freaking Benoit beat Triple H. The significant to two guys who's outsiders then make their names in the WWE, came in outside, came as, you know, WCW traders and stuff like that. And such, and significant that like any person can, you know, have the ball and carry it. What Eddie did and what, you know, Ben Wall did in the ring, significant, like, you know, led up for the doors for Ray Mysterio to win the title and Ben Wall, anybody that was, you know, 
quoted the um, classified as a heavyweight champion type of built being, you know, six foot plus or so. So that's most of the I can say about it. All right, we're going to move to L Trav. Appreciate you chiming in. Awesome. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Fantastic. So um, I, I also started watching wrestling and became a fan very early in my life, uh, like mid-80s. Um, I grew up on wrestling because my dad watched pro wrestling, and um, my grandmother on my dad's side also watched pro wrestling. So even when I went out of town uh, to visit her, uh, we were watching uh, Saturday morning wrestling, um, you know, as far as with WCW and uh, WWE. So I've been enjoying wrestling for a long time and during college. So that's about, it's about 20 years ago now. I started learning about the business of pro wrestling. And so um, that really deepened my love because, you know, you, you find out wrestling is scripted, but then you find out all the work that goes into that and the theater that you really are putting on. So that way people can become investing in it. And, you know, I, I admire pro wrestlers more for that because, you know, for them to make it look like a contest, um, you know, that's even more work than it just being a contest on its own. I always think that that's amazing. Uh, for me, the most significant title change um, it's really tough. Um, I think the one that I appreciate the most, and it's just because I learned of how long the backstory was for him to get his first uh, heavyweight championship would be uh, Tetsuya Naito. Um, for him to literally start in Japan, go to Mexico because he's not being well received so he can hone his craft and then come back to Japan to to win the heavyweight belt. I think that's an extraordinary story and uh, a, just a, a really a really great example of perseverance. Um, on the WWE side, I think the title I the, the title change I appreciated the most was when the Hardys won their first tag team championships because they kind of looked like they didn't look like they belonged size wise because they were even smaller than the Rockers back then. So for them to win it made me feel like anybody could win a belt under the right circumstances if they have the skill. So, um, yeah, those would be probably the two I can think of off the top of my head. All right. Appreciate that. All right. It's on you, Mac Panther. Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Y'all can hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Um, let's see. Started watching wrestling around 96 and then uh, didn't really get into like really knowing going on until 98, but it definitely got put on the wrestling through, you know, friends at school and my father actually. So we watch a bunch of, uh, Watch a bunch of wrestling together, especially um, Live Wire and Superstars on Sunday. You know, just catching up with the with the events during the week and 
then from there I usually get my my wrestling fix through through video games and uh, just being able to, to sneak off and watch uh, Nitro and Thunder um, that were you know if I was able to you know get some extra time and maybe sneak in an hour of Raw because I was young and I had a bedtime so um, that's how I got into wrestling pretty much um, a significant title change. Um, I don't think it was actually a title change, but I remember a significant moment that um, that I definitely remember because it was definitely uh, controversial. But uh, I want to say Halloween Havoc '98 with uh, with uh, Goldberg and DDP, and the, the pay per view got cut short <laughs> because of time constraints. So um, I remember that being such a big deal um, because on the next night on Nitro, they uh, they played the the final 10, 15 minutes of the match right there on Nitro. But I remember friends talking about oh, uh, the pay per view got cut short. We don't know what happened with uh with uh with, with Goldberg and DDP. I was like, oh man. So um, I remember that being a, a pretty significant moment when it comes to wrestling, right then and there. And um, remember my first pay per view actually watching was uh was WrestleMania uh, seventeen. Dad had got the hook up on the cable. Um, I usually went to go hang out with him on the weekends and he was like, Yeah, hey, I bought this pay per view and wanna watch it. I was like, Yes. So um was able to watch that pay per view, the Austin Hill turn, TLC, all of that. So definitely uh some great some great wrestling right there from from, from my youth. All right, so it's on you, Sue. Where's my oh okay, I put that on. Hello. What's up? What's going on, sir? What's up, man? So, uh, I'm a young bug. So, <laughs> I would say I started watching wrestling around like 2006, 2007. Yeah, I think it was around around when Crime Time had like came out. I used to, um, I had started watching, I had started watching after that because of my brother, because he used to buy all of the SmackDown um, versus Raw uh, games and stuff, so I used to play with him on that, so it made me really want to kind of watch it a lot. <clears throat> so, around that time... I think it was more of like my dad, my brother, my sister and stuff. We all used to just sit in the living room and just watch like wrestling and stuff. That was around the time when we had like Comcast. So we used to have like on on uh, demand. So we used to go uh, back and watch old, old like wrestling and stuff. <clears throat> so, I think around the time, because I used to remember my sister, she used to be obsessed with, uh, with Umaga. So I had started to like him because of her, because she used to like all of the all of 
the type scary type of gimmick, like the boogeyman and stuff. So she felt the a bit of in in intimidation from a from Umaga, so that made her like him. I had liked at that time I was a Jeff Hardy fan. <clears throat> but yeah, we used to just chill out, mom, dad, the rest of the family used to watch a lot of wrestling then. <clears throat> uh as far as title changes. My favorite, I would say my favorite title change would probably have to be, I think it was in 2009, the the Jeff Hardy versus the Edge match. And it was, uh, he had the ladders in the ring and stuff, because I used to, I had went crazy when Edge had got stuck in the ladder. And Jeff Hardy just like stared him down and just took the the, the uh, title away from him. He was just staring at him the whole time, like, "Yeah, I got this." So it was a pretty gory match, you know. He was running in the lad ladders, people flying everywhere. So I think that was. I think that has to be my favorite title change. All right, I appreciate that. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into WrestleMania 39 now. Obviously, the question that I asked was somewhat of a setup question. Um, I kind of wanted to to a I wanted to get the ages in here in regard to to viewership and watching. So obviously, we got four young bucks in here, and we got three old heads in here, right? So obviously, the older heads are gonna have a different viewpoint um, in regards to their approach of watching. Uh, wrestling entertainment um, and they're also going to have a, a different viewpoint in regards to story building and stuff like that and I know that's going to be a big issue uh, for people who watch today um, from my standpoint like I said I, I started watching at 86 uh, my two title changes uh, were Macho Man uh, Ricky Steamboat and my, I was going to have Eddie Guerrero as the number two, but I had it tied. And since uh, Lock Asylum mentioned Eddie and Chris, then I decided to make this one break the tie because of the discussion we're going to have tonight. So instead of it being Eddie finally winning uh, over Brock, it is the Sting Hogan Starcade. 98. Um, I chose these for everything that we're going to argue about later in regards to this particular WrestleMania, the outcomes of those matches and stuff like that. We will circle back to that uh, later on. So let's start off with night one. Anybody can chime in. Like I said, we want to give you about a minute and a half or whatnot, and you can dive into it or whatnot. Uh, Night one consisted of uh, Austin Theory versus John Cena for the United States title. We also had Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Charlotte Fair versus Rhea Ripley uh, for the women's title. Uh, the triple threat, uh, Becky, 
uh, Lita and Trish Stratus versus Damage Control. Um, the four-way uh, tag team match, Braun Strowman, uh, Ricochet, all of those guys. Um, Rey Mysterio versus Dominic, and then capped it off with uh, Usos uh, versus Kevin Owens. Now, for me, I'm going to start off with this match, and we're just going to go down the list. Um, the least important, the least significant, and even though it has some great spots in it, um, this was my second to to not important, uh, second to least important match of night one, which was the uh, four way tag match. Um, what are you all's thoughts on that? They put it in because they didn't have to do the Andre. Basically, get everybody on the card. You know how it is now. They got so many wrestlers. They want to put everybody on the card to get a paycheck instead of doing the Andre Memorial Battle Royal that nobody cares about because they never do nothing with it and put it on Smack, Smack now the night before. Or, yeah, the night before and having, you know, um, Bobby Lasher win it who for some reason don't have a match during WrestleMania. It's just putting people on the card to give them, you know, a little thrill factor, the high point match of the night and stuff. Just get some, you know, popcorn or such. That really does significant. Not like those going for a title shot. Agree. Winner. For us old head, we call we call some like a lot of y'all might not know. In certain matches when you're watching, we call them the break matches, the potty matches, the go get snack matches. The bathroom break. Yeah, and that and that's one yeah. of those matches. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely agree with that. Um, I will say. It, it, it was it was definitely the filler, the bathroom break match. Um, but for the time that they got, it was definitely it wasn't bad. It was definitely enjoyable. There was a lot of good spots in there. It was definitely it was a definite spot fest. Um, because you know they could have did which don't want to fast forward in the night too. But I feel like the women's showcase match was more of a filler than this one because here we had, you know, you had Ricochet, you had Braun Strowman doing his thing. You had Angelo Dawkins doing that football ass tackle, which that was like, wow. Okay. That's crazy. You had Chad Gable doing his like little O'Connor roll into a German suplex onto Braun Strowman. So it was like, it was a filler, but there was a lot of stuff that you could see that if you are, if you are into that type of wrestling, which that's, just what the generation is nowadays, you still can find something in it that was enjoyable. And if anything, you can never go wrong with a Ricochet or Montez Ford match. Um, it's not really, it's not like I say, it's not like a we consider nowadays a filler match. It's just we got to showcase the thing because it's a showcase match for those teams. Because right now, you look at the WWE, the tag division is in shambles technically because of the Usos yeah. having the titles and how they've been pushing in for the main event that night. So they have to at least give some love to the tag team division because think about how many tag teams are leaving. Even a tag team put their notice in or ask request to release today. The vet, um, the Grizzle veterans put their stuff in today saying they want their release and such to showcase the tag team because lately it's going to be a tag team or you get broken up in two years or six months later, you're in a new tag team because they thought they're going to do something. But... I am still very confused how Braun Strowman and Ricochet even became a team in the first place. That's the one that threw me off the most. I'm like, huh? Well, they did that Look. because they did that because <laughs> Braun needs a lot of work in the ring. He's still very green. He got pushed to damn near holy hell because of his size and stuff like that. And um, 
And as much as they almost as much as they wanted to <laughs> yeah, as much as they wanted to shit on uh what Bray was doing as the cult leader and stuff like that, he he chose some very significant guys. Um, and Strowman was going to be that animal, that beast, just like they had with evolution that someone mentioned earlier. Um, I think it was cage that mentioned earlier, uh, uh, in regards to Daniel going through them and blah, blah, blah. It made sense. Like it looked like it visibly looked like Braun was the, the youngest of, you know, saying the Wyatt family, but the biggest, the strongest and stuff like that. Um, he was able, able to showcase his power pretty, pretty quickly. And you know how Vince busts a nut over that. And they they skyrocketed him, but the problem was as they skyrocketed him, he started having issues. He started putting racial stuff on Twitter, and then in the ring, he started to have a couple of Ryback situations. He's and, um also remember he's homegrown versus true. everybody else. The Wyatt's family were indie wrestlers, indie darlings, also true. So that's a big thing. So yeah, Braun Strowman. So you yeah. remember, he was just a power lifter when he got, you know, got selected or got found by, you know, scouters, like all the sport athletes they're doing right now. Yeah. Well, they they paired him with somebody that basically puts him into the role of, hey, this is what you do as a big dude. This is what you do, whether it be to carry the match or if you're coming in on the hot tag as, you know what I'm saying, storming in. It's the same thing that they did with Kane with, when he became Kane anyway. Uh, repairing Kane up with with Taker when he was having issues in the ring. It's the same thing they did with Big Show. If you remember when they put Big Show with Undertaker, that's what it was all about. It was to teach him how to be a big man in the ring because he really didn't know how to properly maneuver. He also wasn't being a, a legitimate big man. This is something that he's spoken about a lot of time where he's taking people's special moves or you know finisher moves or whatever when he didn't have to. And it upset a lot of the, the higher ups because they were like, come on, bro, like, like we building you to be this monster and you going out there taking, you know what I'm saying, drop kicks from motherfuckers and falling down and shit. It doesn't make sense. So uh, after, you know, what happened with him and, and Brock uh, in the rumble and everything like that and, uh, you know, Brock stiffing him in front of everybody and <laughs> with, he potatoed him in front of everybody. That was pretty funny. Um they let him go for a period of time also uh, due to his arrogance. He was having some some backstage issues and stuff like that. They picked him back up. Uh, Triple H was like, you know, we, we can work with him. We can do some things. And this is the reason why he's paired up with Ricochet of all people. Uh, Ricochet, the spot monkey, since now, uh, as you mentioned, Cage, that this is uh, what people like, which is what I don't like about the industry today, which is one of the reasons why I'm not a big fan of AEW in the state that is in today. Um, but we could talk about that another time. But um, the spots, you know, and even Shawn Michaels uh, had to tell Kevin Nash, you know, um, when they were in the training facility that this is what the people love. And to be honest, I think the people will love what you what you show them if you show it to them properly. Um, I still think that there are wrestling fans out there and I still think that there are young people like you all who would enjoy a wrestling match. I think that right. I, I think there's some people out there who just. Who, who who can't do it, but they are marketable, and there's so few people out there honing their craft in regards to wrestling that they just got to deal with what they got. And that's really because of, you know, how the market is now. Because now everybody wants to be a superstar. It's the best way to get skyrocket is be a spot monkey. Mm-hmm. There's not like you right. think if you said, like, Book Show, Big Show, Mark Henry, all of them, they got sit the stew dungeon. 
That's a big one thing. All those guys, like Triple H, all them wrestled wrestled them every day after the matches, after you know training time, beat them up to be a giant monster. Half these people they pick now who's giants never had love for wrestling in the business. They never came in that way. So they're getting pulled in and don't have no like real acting skills or selling or understand of those natures. But if you go listen to um, Bubba Ray and, you know, Busted Opens podcast and Bubba Ray and Mark Henry goes on a, tr- on a trend, they'll break it down. That's, they bring, don't have the, they got all the tools, but not the big man tool to train and such. That's one thing about the performance center. They got like, they got Norman Smiley. They got all these stars, but they don't have a big man. They don't have Mark Henry. They don't have Big Show now. Or Vader, anybody of that nature to teach him how to be a big man. Go ahead, Panther. Uh, to go on with uh, with my uh, observation of uh, WrestleMania this past weekend, I, I did have uh, some, some technical difficulties with, uh, with my screen, so I was able to uh, catch a few things here and there, but from just general observation, it looked like they def uh, creative definitely spent all of their energy on night one, and then felt like night two was just just right there on the fence when it came to you know starting matches and certain ideas. But um, I'm pretty sure you go into that later on. But just agreeing with uh, with the, the general discussion so far when it comes to. Um, wrestling in the past and wrestling now is definitely um, it's definitely a class of uh, creative minds and, and what the audience wants. But uh, just like you said, Iceman, I'm definitely a, a fan. There, there's room for both. I'm definitely a fan of the spots, but I'm also a fan of storytelling. And sometimes that storytelling does involve some of uh, some of the high flying stuff. But you can definitely tell a story without without all that stuff all the time. So just as long as you have the right people that's in control of that, it can definitely come out to a to a great result. So going into the next bad match, which was the triple threat, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, the the the, the uh, triple team match, uh, I, I was not fond of. This was actually my worst match of the night, which was Becky, Lita, uh, Trish Stratus versus Damage Control. Um, my big issue with this, as I told my brother, was this was just a filler match for Becky Lynch because creative now that Vince was back had absolutely nothing to do with their number one female on their roster. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Um, yeah, it it felt like it was thrown together at the last minute Mm -hmm. because you have, you have Becky and Lita who are your tag champs. And of course there's been the rumor for the longest that, they're going to bring Trish in. She's going to do the heel turn and maybe set up a program between Trish and Becky. But it seemed like, you know, you got these three girls together. You might as well fight the the three bad girl team that's, you know, that's supposed to be doing something right now with damage control. So it felt like it was just thrown together at the last minute. It's it's thrown together at the last minute, but they didn't have, they're not like, you look at the groups they have and such. It's like they have nothing to do with Becky. Becky just came back, right. and they don't want to put her in the title. You know, they don't want to ruin, you know, put her against, um, you know, Charlotte and Rhea because we already knew that was going to happen a year ago. Um, or put her with, you know, against, um, not Sasha. Yeah, it's already been it's already been done with. Uh, they yeah, already so dropped like, the ball two two three like, times with with Becky and Bianca. So. <laughs> yeah. Then then yeah yeah Bianca. 
And then with um, Bailey being back and how they treated Bailey is like, like you said, we got tweens and heels. We don't have no real good heels right now. And any good heel we do have been fed. They've been fed to people. Yeah. And said, so they have no credibility. They don't have nothing they can do. They're just like everybody's up and down with what, you know, what damage control really can do and such. And right now the face has been getting over them. So they're not like a, you know, a significant heel team. They're just, de- they're just there right now as a group. Then isn't that like, this is like the weakest female wrestling group I've seen in years. And so versus even the, the diva era and that, such. Get back that, you mean. that stems from, yeah, once again, making sense to me. that stems from, from issues all the way back to the, the Sasha Banks thing. Um, I was so angry with this match even coming together because I was like, you don't also have, we'll talk about day two, but you also don't have anything for Charlotte Flair. We all knew, I'm pretty sure because Panther talks about this. We all knew that Flair was brought in to be a spot holder for the title to give whoever had won the, uh, whether it be the woman's money in the bank or the rumble or whatnot, they, she was going to be giving them that spot. And then she was going to be off TV again. Um, so no, she came back. She got the title immediately off of Bianca. Correct. Was it Bianca? No. Yeah. No, 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 no. no, no, no. She no, got no, it off. It, it was Bianca. 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 It was, uh, Ronda, yeah. yeah. It was off Rindy Lipley. Uh-huh. That's the thing about it. They just, the biggest issue with like WWE over the past 15 years or so, mm-hmm. or 10 years now, is building so-called. They can't build a star. They can't feed anybody. They can't think. They're just like reason like the big upset about, you know, last night and night, you know, night two main event and such that we get to later probably. But um the biggest thing is like they don't have nobody built. Any like in the female division, any good wrestlers they have, they fed them. They ran it's like like I'll say the whole female division is in shambles because of Ronda Rousey. One. But that's because they can't build no wrestler females up to to go against the four horsewomen, except for Bianca, Oscar. Yeah, I won't blame Ronda. I'll blame I will blame them wanting her star power, but I'm going to be honest with you. So even even with bringing back Trish and Lita and them keep dipping back into the past of like, you know, they, they ushered in this new era and blah, 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 right? One thing I will say about Trish is Trish got to a point that she was just not just a beautiful face and a beautiful body. She could actually go in the ring. Lita always has stamina issues, right? Trish did, yep. Trish did not need Lita to be Trish Stratish. But Lita, she needed that match versus Trish to catapult her because Lita has always not been, she's never been a truly athletic woman. Even her moonsault that people love to give her credit for, she doesn't even do a full turn on. Charlotte does a full uh, turn uh, on her. Really, honestly, I, if you put it in perspective I, of that way with the females and such, Lita's only put in there as the high flyer or the extremist because if you're going back to technical wrestling and such, uh, Becky and um, Trish were more technical. Trish didn't fly or did really big spots. I'll, I'll also say this. Um, Lita, Lita has been kind of injury prone later on towards the end of her career. So, you know, just looking at that match is definitely, you know, Time is definitely caught up with her, but you know, oh, yeah. I will say at least she's gone out there and she's trying. But yeah. of course, like you said, you know, um, 
you know, it's, it's just weird to, to have Lita in that spot, knowing that, you know, she can't really grow well, like Trish, or at least Trish has at least been able to keep up with her body right. or whatnot. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll say this, too. I'll say this, too, as well, about Lita. Um, honestly, if she'd never joined the Hardy Boys, we wouldn't be calling her a, a high floor to begin with, because well, by you default... Gotta, you got to remember... To, you have to remember she, she like, was like, brought in with, with Rios. <laughs> so she's yeah, already she doing, yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah. And all that stuff at that time. So she was already under, you know, um, Mexican style. Oh, wrestling wow, Rios. Rios. I forgot about him. Yeah, but yeah, remember. Because like, she was a high flyer. Yeah, she was. She was, she was doing a her and Conrada with S.A. Rios, like, on the outside to people. Mm-hmm. But she she wasn't doing the most terrible moonsault I've ever seen mm-hmm. before she got with the heart. Yeah, she did it. Like, she did it twice on Raw, and it looked so bad. They suggested yeah. that she not do it. This was when she right. was with S.A. Rio. They suggested that she not do it. Then, mm-hmm. when, and then, but the catch was, you know, the way that she wore her outfit, you know, with her thong exposed and stuff like that. They wanted to exploit her sexuality and her colored hair and stuff like that. And they knew that they weren't going to go further with Rios due to the language barrier. Because, you know, they were really big on, you know, you being able to be uh, multi- multilingual and everything like yeah. that. Um, and also uh, him uh, uh, having minor injuries here and there. They couldn't push him the way that they wanted. They also had RBD and shit like that back then also, which was doing kind of the same shit. Um, so they were like, all right, well, we want to keep her. Who can we align her with to, you know what I'm saying, kind of teach her the ring? And Michael PSA suggested that uh, she would pair up with them as he moved away from the Hardy Boys. Um, yeah. And, and then she went back into doing the moonsault because, you know, she needed a spot. She needed something to attach herself to their style of what they were doing and whatnot. So there you go. Okay. 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 I, I totally forgot about she was part of the group for um, Jeff Hardy. I forgot about that. But um, before we move on, I'm just going to close with, yeah, um, the reason why I was really upset with that match was because I knew that Becky was going to have to carry versus three other people. And I was like, though she might love it because she was paired up with, you know, two of her idols and stuff like that. As a fan, I looked at it and said, Becky deserved better. She's been your number one girl. She's been your ace boom coon for the past couple of years now. You've been able to lean on her when you couldn't lean on Charlotte anymore. You've been able to lean on her when you disrespected Sasha Banks now three different times. You had to lean on her when Bailey got injured and was out for eight plus months. You leaned on her. You leaned on her uh, because there was nobody else to rock with Oscar for a while and whatnot. They had to take Oscar off TV. Yeah, yeah. And then you, well, they didn't even have to. They owed, so they owed Oscar. A lot of people don't remember this, but Oscar was supposed to have gone back home because she had obligations in Japan and she was homesick yeah. anyway. And they owed her yeah. that, but remember, Becky got pregnant. So they needed somebody to hold the title and whatnot at that time. So Oscar ended up staying for another like almost eight months or whatever over the time period or whatnot. So they owed it to yeah. her and then they did the old injury, you know what I'm saying, layoff thing. And whatnot. And yeah, the injury layoff, and they, you know, took the people that could hold up and stand up, you know, with Glasgow, all of them got released. But Correct. Eh, we we're going there with that. But Becky, I do want to say something about that match really quick before we move on because I, y'all mentioned it earlier, but I don't understand why the match existed in the first place. Um, 
you presented to me at the beginning uh, of last WrestleMania that damage control was going to run rough shot mm-hmm. over people, which I thought was a great idea mm-hmm. because then you build, you would build everybody up. Bailey's already, you know, she's, she's already legendary in WWE from what she's done. And so to pair uh, uh, EO and Dakota with her, so that way they become stronger just, you know, from storyline basis. I thought it was a great idea uh, as far as for bringing up new talent. And like you said, they end up a victim of 50-50 booking or they they can't even win well by cheating. And then they almost never look strong. So it confuses me why they had this match in the first place, because this match, it didn't actually feel good to see Becky beat them. Because it felt like damage control needed to win right. to have some kind of relevancy. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even a feel good moment for me to see. Becky and them win. I would have preferred to have Damage Control yep. be legend killers. Yep. So that way they could talk trash about it for months yes. about how how they put the legends um, in the ground. So you won't have any old women coming back to try to take our spot. That would have been amazing because yep. you know Bailey would have been with WWE for... lately is like not killing the legends right. and bringing them back. And that's why I said yeah. destroying <clears throat> top guys and stuff. It's like with Goldberg. Right. That's title run. Everything about that pissed me off. It didn't make any sense for them to have won the tag titles. It made no sense for them to have won it and then carried it into Mania. You you spent so think about this from a year ago in El Trav. I want that that's something I definitely wanted to hit on. And that's kind of the theme of tonight, anyway. The storytelling, the story building that Triple H mentioned. You know what I'm saying? Um in the in the uh in the uh, uh press in the presser or whatever. But think about it. You a year ago, we all jaw dropped seeing EO and them come back, Bailey and them come back. We knew yep. that Bailey, you know, was coming back, right? We just didn't know when because they they were waiting for this great great moment to end up bringing her back because she was going to be a part of the top four in the women's division. So it was going to help solidify the, the the women's division, and you was going to put her in a stable. That was going to build up to other women. So by the time you got to the next WrestleMania, you were supposed to have put Becky back down at the bottom of the the list, right? But her fighting her way back up and everything like that. But you still were supposed to have built at least three other stars in the meantime. When you think about it, they haven't done jack shit with the women's division since then. Becky still, without, without the title, Becky still is is... I love Bel Air, but let's let's not get it twisted. When we see Becky coming up, we look at it like, man, Becky gonna win. With Bel Air, it's all fan, hey, you know what I'm saying? We love to see you come to the ring and, and you know enthused or whatever. But it's only a matter of time the fans be like, Yeah, we actually want to see her drop the title, you know what I'm saying, and then have somebody else come up. And then the love of seeing Bel Air in the chase is what the fans like the most. Well, her carrying the title. I agree. Right? The, the, her... uh, Go ahead. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm more a fan of, you know, Baylor being heel Baylor from NXT and such like that. I feel like that she's getting stuck in the, um, you know, the tween situation that WWE would love to do a lot right now with character, with, you know, people and such. And someone don't get that chance to be a heel and such. Like John Cena get a chance to be a heel. He'll be almost strong as um, Roman right now. Because they want to keep you know, the, the face and such. So that's the biggest thing, too. The, they don't let them. Go ahead, Demo. 
I think the situation with Bianca right now, I was watching a news report earlier that she's already been you know, pretty much sucked into the one-dimensional baby face yep. uh, role. And then, of course, you know, I'm not saying that um, MDE trying to go down the the whole role model route with, you know, with African-Americans and st- stuff like that. Which, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. It's good, you know, to have some... Some, um, some role models and be motivational towards our kind and, and see our likeness, you know, doing things that we would never be doing before. But it just feels like they're just putting her to be just one thing where in, in situations before, you know, Bianca can be multidimensional, but it just seems like they just have her in a box right now. So I love that was we're going to dive we back a, into that on wait on oh, hold on don't, don't even we hold that thought type it in the chat so you can remember it because we got to use that for date for day two we got to go okay. to charlotte fair and rhea ripley for now we're gonna go to charlotte fair and rhea ripley for now i was i don't have anything bad to say about that other than the fact that i knew that charlotte walking it in was a placeholder i knew she was a placeholder um, and with her walking in as the placeholder, I'm fine with Rhea getting, because Rhea earned it over the past year. She's been, she's been yeah, hot. she just earned it. She, she's, she's been red fucking hot. My problem is she hasn't had enough matches where she's red hot that you would put her in the category of Becky, though. Like, she's been dominant in her matches, but I'm talking about, like, Becky got a couple of five-star matches, bro. So well, Rhea, this see, one can go see, down for her as a five star. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. situation got hurt because of COVID. Because when they when she was an NXT champion, that could have you know escalated during that time period when they first had the you know the original match and with no you know they're inside their they're inside the performance center or WrestleMania that first year when it came two nights, no fans, no nothing. It was like you had a basic on wrestling and such like that. So. Some of that, you know, helped to build to what is today's match and such. But it's like she got injured at one period of time, took her out for a little bit, so she couldn't be in the running running for that for that time period. And just like I said, they needed, you know, matches to, you know, build her up. She'd be on hot fire. It's like them trying to, you know, build up Liz Morgan right now to be something. But it's like she ain't believable <laughs> because she didn't have no matches, nothing to believe that she could do this. It's her presentation when it comes to live, to be honest. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I think yeah. I think her my, my, Go ahead. Go ahead. I said my, my, my thing with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair match, like it, it it definitely it definitely for sure felt like it was a placeholder match for for Charlotte. It was definitely that match for Rhea to get that title. Um for the match itself, I can definitely see why they were still trying to figure out which match would have been the main event. Now, if storytelling wise they made the smart decision, but in terms of like the the in ring action, I can see why they're trying to figure it out. Um, kind of piggybacking a little bit to what you guys are saying about the match previous. Um, someone mentioned NXT, and I just I had to I had to chime in on this because I I feel like there's been a, a long ongoing issue, not just with the women's division, but just with people in general. It just it seems like it's an ongoing thing when. They build up talent in NXT, and I can go by women's division alone. I can go by EO. I go by Bailey when she was in NXT, Sasha, Asuka, Bianca, 
Um, hell, I can even talk about Tegan Knox at one point. It's like you have all these talent in NXT. You build them up almost perfectly, and everybody just says, okay, they're perfect for the roster, they're perfect for the main roster. I can bring up another recent one who just won a championship at Stand Deliver with Indy Hartwell. It's like as soon as they get to the main roster, it never fails. 90% of the talent there seems like they're just a deer caught in headlights. Vince McMahon. It's like they just it, – yeah, it's, it's that Vince McMahon, like, issues. Like, she, he he tries to pick exactly who he wants to be the top talent, especially in the women's division, because you have all of these really talented people on the roster, in the main roster now with Raquel, with – I'll even put Liv up there – you know, with Shayna, Shayna's the biggest blunder that I've ever seen because you built her up as this monster. Oh man, don't get me started. Champion. Don't get me started on that right now. Yeah, and and now <laughs> you've reduced her to just. It got it got bad. It was worse in the pandemic when she was just reduced to nothing more but just being a tag team partner to Nia Jax of all people. Yeah. And well, the now about you have when they get to the main roster, they don't want to use the same. They they don't want to use what Brock was to do with Yeah, you know they they don't want to keep that, the same gimmick. It's crazy. That's insane to me. Like keep keep the gimmick that made you popular in the first place. Like Vince that's that's the part that makes it so Vince frustrating. I can, we could talk about L.A. Knight all night for that. That's a big example. Oh shit! Don't get started. Well, Vince Vince. Okay, so for those who don't know, I know that Panther knows this. Vince is deeply oh, rooted. Yeah, it's it's really because because for a long period of time it what. Whether they, whether they admit it or not, there was beef in regards to what was going on in NXT versus what was going on in Raw specifically. Because SmackDown was an afterthought for a long time. True. Uh, it was the athletes on SmackDown that did, once again, what they did way back under uh, Paul Heyman's regime and bringing SmackDown back up. Daniel Bryan. SmackDown Coffey, 6. Yeah. Daniel Bryan, Coffee, and all of them. Brought SmackDown back up, and Raw was in shambles for a while, but that was because of Vince. Vince was pulling the guys up from NXT, and he was using the the, the love that we have for them to pull them up. But then he had no path. Look at what he did with uh, what's my what's my nigga name? And then he made him bear, he made him bear cat. I was like, bro, just let the man. <laughs> let, let the, yeah, that bear cat shit was fucking stupid. But it was easily. But but that was yeah. the biggest fumble I've ever seen. We all knew we all we all saw Keith Lee's trajectory. We knew that Keith Lee needed to be on equal platform with the Sheamuses, the Drew McIntyre, so he could be in the discussions to battle the Romans later on, uh, the Brock Lesnar's later on, and stuff like that. Within a three within a three year main roster run, Keith Lee. Ben Balor. Keith Lee was well, supposed to be up there, up there. Now, in regards to the Finn Balor situation, right? The the, <laughs> the Finn Balor situation, he was a victim of circumstance because of this guy that y'all see over here on the screen right now. Because Vince was trying so hard to pull. Y'all got to understand, if even if Finn did not get injured, right, by Seth, think about it. Finn would, Finn would have had that title off and on going back and forth with Seth for the rest of that year. Roman would have never been able to get slotted back in again. That would have been it for Roman. Roman would have been back down to mid-card hell. He wouldn't have been as bad as Miz, but he would have been back down to mid-card hell where they had Sami Zayn for I don't know how long and shit like that, where they threw KO down there. And you got to also understand because Roman did not, because they didn't allow Roman to be himself, 
he wouldn't have been allowed to have the charisma to work himself out of that hole. He just would have been sitting there with that stupid ass shield pad on on his chest and shit like that. And he would have been stuck in mid car here. We would not see Navarro, the Roman Ziggler. Empire. We wouldn't see that shit at all. Because they wouldn't have allowed it. They, they wouldn't have allowed. Look at Cesaro. Cesaro's in-ring ability, unquestioned. Most powerful dude on the roster. All of that shit that people argue right along with Big E. But they wouldn't let him uncork. They wouldn't let him get the microphone and let him do his thing or whatever the case may be. Um, so, so it made it where it made it where during that time period and going back to uh, Charlotte Fair and Rhea Ripley because I don't want to go too far. Um, the placeholder, the placeholder match, I was fine with it. I do think that that would be a five star for Rhea and whatnot. I do think that Charlotte is going to take some time away. Charlotte's probably going to be gone for another four to six months again. Um, uh, they they already kind of said that she's going to go away for, I believe, a um, bodybuilding competition because mm-hmm. a lot of people notice that she got she's more ripped than usual. Yeah. And I think she went on to confirm that. Makes sense. Um, she's going to go go away for a while. Rhea's probably going to have a title reign right for three months where she's not going to wrestle much, but she's going to be beating people up and, and shit like that, which is going to be on She's gonna be on SmackDown too. There's the women's division on SmackDown is pretty non-existent. Yeah, so so she's probably they're gonna, trying to re, they're gonna try to rebuild people. That's the whole thing about her because she's gonna be the we consider we consider her a heel or she's gonna be a tween. And and the problem with that is it's gonna make her first title run look like bullshit, even though she doesn't deserve that. And and this goes to the point that y'all are gonna have in regards to storytelling. Y'all might be way more upset about the Roman Cody shit, but y'all ain't even paying attention to the rest of the shit. Y'all are more upset about that shit, but y'all ain't looking at the undercard uh, shit. The U.S. No, no, no. I, I, caught, I caught that shit when they was talking about a thousand days too much. Yeah. But the, that's the old head thing. They was talking about a thousand days right, too much. Right. I got so many people saying, it's like, they're talking about this way too much. The Austin it's like, Theory. Yeah, they did it. Yeah, the young the young Buck and me is gonna come out for that. So I'm gonna wait. <laughs> the Austin Theory uh Cena match, once again, uh uh another one of those nostalgic placeholder matches. Um, the history or the story behind it was dope. Um, a lot of people didn't really pay attention to it in regards to the U- associated with the US title, uh Austin being a young heel guy and blah, it all matched up with what John Cena once was. That was that was their basic their tribute back to to Vince to be like, hey, we working him back into being the guy that you know what I'm saying you've been wanting. You know what I'm saying? We changed his we changed his gimmick around and everything like that. We know you might not like that or whatnot, but look at what we're doing to build him back up to be, you know what I'm saying, this future star that you want to get behind. Vince hasn't done this nothing but two other times the entire time he's been around. Remember, he did it with Drew. It failed. He did it with Roman. And technically, with Roman, under Vince, it failed. Roman under it Triple failed. H. It failed. because he turned a heel. You know, Roman under Triple H, successful. So so with Austin Theory, Austin Theory was failing. That that goofy ass, that chicken shit heel, the way that he was, being, he was utilizing it at the time was garbage. The chicken Push shit heel that he is now... Is is worthwhile because 
because he can trigger he can trigger like okay i can actually beat your ass in the ring i can Ooh. actually pin you you know what i'm saying i can actually so him biting you know cena and blah 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 but the story behind it or whatever i thought was dope because they there's there's little nuances that people didn't pay attention to you know what i'm saying cena's first us title you know what i'm saying uh, who he defeated when he did it remember cena did spend the majority of the uh thugonomics uh gimmick as a heel he became a tweener because the fans just loved his mic ability and stuff like that. And he used to bury people out there until Kurt Angle. Until Kurt Angle was able to spin it. He was so goofy with it. He was able to spin it back on <laughs> Cena without even trying, really. And, you know, but for a while, Cena was getting away with what Rock was doing. He was burying people out there rapping and shit. Big Show complained about it. But Big Show also was willing to give him the nod. Um, Cena gave Austin the nod. I appreciated that. You know what I'm saying? The match was pretty dope. They let... They let the heel do the heel things and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't think he needed too much chicken shit, heel shit to get over Cena. Because as you can see, you know what I'm saying? Cena is still muscular and everything like that. But he's older. He's my age. So, you know what I'm saying? Muscle mass has gone down because that's what happens to us and whatnot. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he hasn't been in the ring in the ring like that. So even with running the ropes, you can see he was a big gassed at times and whatnot. But that's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? It, I mean, 20 plus years at the top. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. But... Um, if I had to rate the, and I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't rate any of the matches. Normally I do uh, a five-star system or whatever. Um, so I'll go back and do that now, uh, which is, uh, uh, so, uh, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Fair was a five to me. Uh, the Lynch, uh, blah, 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 triple threat, whatever was like a two to me. Um, I give the, uh, the, uh, four-way tag because of the spots about a three, I normally don't do point fives or anything like that. So about a three. I also give the Austin Theory John Cena uh, about a three, uh, because now in regards to Austin moving forward, we don't know what the fuck they're gonna do. Yeah, they get they fed Ray Mysterio to him tonight, but what does that really mean? Because we didn't. Ray wasn't gonna win the title. You know what I'm saying? Like in in Aust also who's young that you're building up for Austin to go against to to add any significance to the U.S. title. This is going to be an argument that we have on another sit down whenever we all we all do so, which is I definitely think that there's at least one, if not two, too many titles. Um, I, I love the history of the U.S. title, but I'd rather it just be the Intercontinental title. Um, and I'd rather there be a, a top 10 tree like it used to be back in the day where you knew like these these guys were like in the top five. They were going to be in the title hunt you know, from here, here on out, you know what I'm saying? I think that that's what they really need. And if they're not going to go about it that route, I guess you're just going to have to, you know, sit with a guy like, like Austin, you know what I'm saying? Walk around with the U S title and wasting his good looks and, and, and his possible mic skills and whatnot on going against nobody for four months. Yeah, I agreed. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, Okay, I'll, I'll just go say this right quick about the Austin Theory and Cena match. Um, so I did like the match, but as it progressed, this is just my opinion on it. Um, it made it seem like Austin Theory couldn't even beat, you know, washed up talent. You know, um, I feel like just like how is how it was written. Um, I feel like you know, I do I do believe that Austin Theory he does have some potential, a lot of potential in the WWE. But, you know, for me, watching the match progress, it just seemed like, okay, they're making it seem like this guy just can't beat washed-up talent, you know? 
like this past year, he got destroyed too, especially when after you know Vince stepped away and they just you know Kevin Owens on him just ripped him on the mic, you know, bring real world is like your daddy's not here no more to save you. Vince ain't here and shit. So it's like it means yeah. too just you know where he is right now. So it's like he's gonna have to prove us and more high you know profile matches like Cena and. Yeah, he definitely has to prove. Cause I, I definitely see the potential in him. I definitely see it. Yeah, that's that's my that's, that's my issue. Money in the bank. He got the yeah. Jack Swagger situation. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. To go on, to go on to what you said, Iceman. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to see what young talent can be paired up with him to at least improve his uh, his situation. Um. He got the U.S. title right now. I don't. I don't think it's really going to add any value onto him unless he has some significant matches in the future with it. But regardless, that all that's okay. not going to matter unless all that's not going to matter unless he's going against somebody that can elevate his game, which is kind of hard to do right now because there's nobody the on Ciampa the roster. Comes back. Who? Champa. Oh, Tommaso. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's like. Nah. That's my. Do you really want? Do you want Tommaso Ciampa carrying him? Yeah, that's and, what I was about I'll, to say. Go ahead. It's it's it, it, it's like this. It's like you know back in the day when Orton, you know, before Orton got his, you know, finally got got his respect. You know, then he called himself the Legend Killer. He was doing until he went against you know went against Mankind, and you know that WrestleMania, in the fucking no hole bar match, and shit. And it's like when Orton gave my gave my respect, and you know being a young talent, so he's gonna you know evolve to what he is today. And such, but it's like some people you got to go in the higher, you know. He got pulled in, they brought him up twice, they just kicked him back down to NXT and such. And that's some of you know Vince McMahon's mentality or mistakes, like he done with a lot of wrestlers. He pulls up and, and then they get sent back down, they have to rebuild. And they did it twice with him, and he was good being under yep. you know, um, with um Gargano and such like that to build them up, but. They pulled him again, and like Gargano got left behind. What they such and, you, also like, have to, you also have to keep in mind uh, when they brought in Champa, he was doing the malarkey with with Miz and, yeah. and yeah, and, and Dexter Loomis. But that's the whole thing is like Dexter Champa. They were products of the NXT situation with NXT 2.0, and they were trying to figure out some way to keep them because. What happened? Adam Cole, everybody, Gagano, all of them let their contracts fall out. You know, well, they out. had a route. They had a, route a lot of people like you know let their contracts fall out because they didn't get one pulled up to be like. Well, the catch is they had a route for Champa and whatnot, but he got hurt again, and also, yeah. and also, you know, the WWE started letting go of people, you know, contract wise. Um, and uh, what's what's my dude name that came back up? Uh, anyway, um, there's a few people that they let back up, but it's a few people who, when it comes to their in-ring, in regards to the fans that watch Raw and SmackDown, Gargano, like the situation that they brought Gargano back into with, with Lomas, with Miz, uh, with Champa or whatever, that was just, okay, well, we're going to, we're gonna feed off of the fact that that he does well with uh with Champa and whatnot, and Dexter Lomas doesn't really talk and stuff like that. So we'll just put him we'll put him with a couple of people that he worked with before, 
and whatnot. And and this will this will be what lifts him up. Um, and then also the Vince thing when he came back, you know, forcing them to change his music, which they shouldn't have fucking did. Um, and that just took the fans out of it a bit as well. But Champa, Champa is, I'm sorry, Champa is IC title or greater because he's yeah. because he's great on the mic. He's great in the ring. It doesn't take much to put a story around him. Having him going up against the young kid will force you to push Champa and have him down, push him down on the rung. You're not going to elevate him if you're going to have him going up against Austin Theory. Champa, when you look at him, when you visibly look at him, he looks 40 years old. You know what I'm saying? But he can go. You know, you don't want to put him in the ring versus uh, Austin because it's not going to be a building process. It might give it might give uh, 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 Austin a bit of the push because it's Tommaso Ciampa for those um, who actually watch NXT and stuff like that. Because that's another thing that I didn't really pay much attention to. There's a lot of people um, who watch on the main card but don't watch NXT and stuff like that. Mainly uh, a lot of the kids and shit like that. A lot of the older heads actually watch uh, uh, they actually watch uh, NXT versus the younger people. Um, but I don't think that feeding Tommaso to him is a good idea at all. Not really feeding. They can go back and forth. Best thing about it, you, they lose the whole thing of going to do this series. But then, if you if you feed them back and forth, if you feed them back and forth, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a, a, a edge and um, Balor situation, and that's probably gonna go on for another two three months, and that's gonna be a waste of time. I feel like if you had to feed them to anyone, it wouldn't be Tommaso. I, I say it would be Gargano. I think Gargano would be better. You don't have to feed them at all. Um, Austin Theory is a person that we want him to talk. As much as possible. So he would benefit from something like having an intercontinental open challenge or a challenge where he picks his opponents and then people get tired of seeing that. And then he finally has a match that's worthwhile. But we need him to talk and we need him to talk where he can actually look like he's the one in control for a very yeah. long time until somebody's coming to sit him down. So we really would want him to go against jobbers. We'd want him to. We'd want him to come and, you know, interrupt the other show. And we just we just need him to to talk and people to boo him every week. Yeah. So that the, the, way. The, the, huh? So what about Karen Cross then? Well, Karen, Karen Cross would be. Well, I mean, they, they they booked him to where he'd lose if they actually continue booking logically the way they've done him. But with Karen Cross, he would be the one to come shut his mouth when. Everything's all said and done, but yeah, we need we need him to talk. Um, if Austin Theory can talk to us, then we'll hate him properly. Yeah, and yeah. you know uh, anybody by the time he finishes talking for about three months, if he's wrestling a jobber like every week or every other week. That somebody comes and beats him, everybody will cheer. Everybody will cheer. They'll roar. It'll be the happiest day of our life. Yeah, because how, how they I'll I'll be the I'm I'm probably the most biased person right now, at least against Austin Theory with that match against Cena. I, that match, in my personal opinion, was 
a complete waste of time. I feel like for for theory, for for obviously for Cena, it did nothing for him because he's he's already had this long twenty plus the twenty year career. He don't need to be doing any of this anymore. For theory, I feel like the win did not elevate him. I I, I laugh a lot when I listen to a lot of people's promos, especially when it comes to Cena's promos, because his promos lately have had a little bit of realism into it. When he says specifically to him that if Theory wins, nothing's going to happen. No one will care. If Theory loses, it's all over for him because it will show how much of a joke Theory is. As much as he brought that up as a promo, I feel he had a point because he won. And even though he won against John Cena, against Big Match John, nobody cares. And I feel like it's because he got... Picked up, he got treated with this gimmick of like, okay, the handpicked Mr. McMahon, like special person, you know, just like McIntyre back then, just like Roman, as he brought up. Yep. And it was he's working for, yeah, he is in a Roman situation because it's like that whole switch between Vince and Triple H, what happened? He got his ass whooped every week you saw him on screen and it made him look out to be a joke. And then you repackaged him and rebranded him to be this more aggressive, semi-mature type of person, even though he really isn't. He's still really young, and he's talking about, oh, the future is now and all that type of stuff. But it's like, you needed more time to pa- to build him up. He needed more time in the oven just to... But instead of you doing that, you just had him grow a few uh, beer, give him more aggressive, and he wins the U.S. championship against Seth Rollins. If you want my personal opinion, if he should have won the championship... It should have been at WrestleMania against Seth Rollins. That would have elevated his career a lot more. That would have been more believable instead of him just getting a win against John Cena 20 years later in his career. Because that didn't do anything for him. It just made everybody go like, okay, Cena lost a match. You, you're still nobody to us. Like, nobody cares about Austin Theory at this point. So I they need to do something to like build him up. I think you brought up something very important um, because he is really close to how Drew McIntyre came into the WWE and how Drew had to leave in order to be able to get his cred. And then he came yeah. back as a monster. Um, yes. Right. I do see that in Austin Theory's future with the way that they're handling him, because I think there's too much damage that's been done. But as far as uh, your perspective on the Cena match, the John Cena match, like if we were to look at it, that's the equivalent of any of us beating Hulk Hogan when he's 88. I'm still right. going to take that. I'm not going to tell anybody that Hulk Hogan was 88 and all I had to do was trip him and then he couldn't get back up. I'm going to say that I beat Hulk Hogan and I'm going to take that to my grade. With that, you do. Yeah, but that's the thing about it. He has to. That's how they set it up nowadays. It's just like, look what happened to the theme, the theme and shit. Look how what, what, what freaking Goldberg did in the past three years. Oh, I'd rather not talk about every, that. Oh, good yeah. lord. That, that's the whole thing is right now. Like you said, he like, if he wins or loses, he loses, he's fucked. And look what Goldberg did to a lot of wrestlers. Just having that title for no freaking reason. And give somebody, a, you know, a, Braun Strowman got his first heavyweight title by being Goldberg. Yeah. I just, Goldberg like, wiped all these other people. In the, I just feel like win, lose, or draw... Win, lose, or draw for theory. That was not that was not a good situation for him. Like if if it was me, if I had to do the booking, if you wanted to elevate Austin Theory, you wanted to make him be treated more seriously as a, as a star, 
if that's what your plan is, you should have. If it was me, you should have had Seth Rollins be the champion. That should have been the feud to Mania. It should have been Seth Rollins in theory. If you really wanted to take this kid seriously and push him as a megastar, that should have been the match, and he should have won clean. That's the way I would have saw it. I'm, I, it may have been. I, I'll give this. I'll give this. Give a little theory, a little help with um injuries, because it could have been AJ, or it could have been um. It could have been AJ. AJ and them, because remember, they got a lot of injuries right now that, you know, they do. That, you know, messed up earlier, you know, happened. AJ was not scheduled. It was, you know, that's a big AJ and Orton. They've both been, you know, injured. Yeah, because I, I do remember I'm, the original plan was Cena and Logan Paul at one point. So it could have been Theory and AJ. We don't know. Yeah, because like I look at the right now, I'm looking at the current roster on the main rosters on both um, SmackDown and Raw. And that's the issue right now. There's nobody that you technically could have put him against. Yeah, that's, I mean, equal level to raise, ele- elevate, burn. That's the problem yeah, that's, with that's WWE what, right now. That's what Mac Panther and I were saying. Like, in regards to the young roster, there it, it, it really didn't matter that it was Cena, right? You, The names that y'all just mentioned are people of well above 35 years old. So after he defeated any one of them, the catch is who after? Like, who is he going after who who's going after him? I'm sorry. After this now, like who is he going up against? That's why I feel like there's no need for the U.S. title, um, because even though the roster seems huge, he has no competition for that belt. He's just going to walk around with it. That the, the people that are are going to going to be what? Uh, uh, no, nah, it's not even going to be him now that I think about it. Yeah, it's not Gargano's back in NXT. You know, what I'm saying Ciampa is supposed to be returning or whatever the case may be, but there's not any young talent that he's going to be paired gotta, up against with week I, after week. Solo not in a tag team or something like that. Like Rich Holland and them, they're not there yet to stand on their own. Unless, you know, I, they I, take someone from a parent I, But I got a, um, I got a suggestion um, in the situation right now. Maybe it can help out Austin Theory. And this name has been thrown out, thrown around a lot because he's a good technical wrestler, and people are are definitely under um, undervaluing him. Is there any way you guys would would suggest or go go with a program between Austin Theory and Chad Gable? No, Chad Gable. Well, we're talking about age too. If no. you want to bring up age, Gable's like thirty seven. No, no, I just Chad Gable's a national treasure. Like you can't have him go against Theory and Theory win because you know. It's for the academy. You can't. <laughs> okay. it, it, that's the thing about it. you. Look like I'm looking at the roster. Like any people they had that could do something, they're not built up right now. Like Angel Garza, Adonis, he's I mean, not been like really doing their tag teams and such. They're not doing nothing with them. Everybody, I mean, like, you know, it's, just, it's just a name that's been thrown around a lot, and I was just wondering if that because there's some value to it. But I was just wondering, just 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 out of curiosity, just just for discussion. Almost, it's hard because you're mentioning though. Almost everybody you're mentioning though would be. It's almost like you want to put Austin Theory on a mini run like Roman's doing, but you want it to be with mid carters. So you would want Austin to like beat a no name, like through the month, and then fight a mid carter, and you want him to cheat the first one, and then squeak by the second one, and then win. And then when like super clean 
and you want to build him up to where he gets better in the ring every match with a mid Carter that you see. So you can be, so you can, you can watch him grow and become a better wrestler. Cause part of his story is, you know, we don't, even though he's got skills and we saw that in NXT, we don't think he's good enough to hang with anybody because they booked him like that. So to actually write the story to where his wrestling improves every month, that would, that would, do a bunch for him and and his credibility. Can I please get heels? Like I'm begging for. And heels. the problem is, I'm looking at the roster heels. and it's like <laughs> there's nobody in the age group or that's not a face to be. I start um, off with S.A. Rios. Bring him in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm, the only person, like only person I can see that you can do can do this, but we don't want it to happen. Montez Ford. That's the only person. Look, I don't know why y'all so fond of Montez Ford. He doesn't have the move list to be a singles competitor. And he's still sloppy in the ring as a tag team uh, competitor. I, I don't know why. People I know, but that's, uh, but, but, but that's the thing about it. That's the only person in here that can have a chance to be, you know, the stardom to free, you know, digital rivalship, you know, a tag team to a single division. But we don't want, you know, we're tired of them splitting up tag teams. Bring like in a retired and, football player named Mentez Ford. Or Mentez Pinto, do that. And so, so Man, it's like, like, like it's like you can believe in Cedric or freaking Benjamin to do it with theory or Bobby. Man, at this point, go down to NXT, just grab scripts. All right. I think you're, I think you're just aiming. Oh you're aiming too high on who's gonna uplift theory when theory he can uplift himself by just making us mad. But that's the whole thing about it. With this thing about the match, the people we got into remain rostered ain't like like. It's like it's going to be a joke match. It's going to be like, okay, you got Angel, Gulak, Butch, or they let's they switch him over to. Well, we don't want to do that either. We want to sit, you don't want to send him after him. I mean, they could have a PowerPoint competition. I, I'd be down for that. I that Matt Ross is like he's got plenty of people they can feed to him in some way. Instead yeah. of like only person I can see would be Rich Holland to give him that you know the power. Instead of still Rich is green around the ears so much. He's like, what happened? To, look what happened to Big E. And such, so it's like top dollar. It's like people that's not like worth that will really elevate him or have faith for them to elevate themselves to meet that outside of Ricochet and such. And that's you know in the younger category. But wouldn't wouldn't a string of wins elevate him before he fights somebody that's worthwhile? But that's the thing about who we build him up to. That's the question. Because the only thing I can see him right now getting a whole bunch of wins and him taking a U.S. title and trying to challenge Guther. He needs to challenge Michael Cole. <laughs> oh, man. Michael Cole has a winning record on television. Isn't he like three and two? Uh, I, don't, I know he's. Let's not talk about Michael I know Cole, he's please. undefeated in pay per view. So let's go to the last three matches, my favorite matches, so to speak, of the <laughs> night. Uh, we're just going to kind of run through it. Uh, Ray Mysterio, the, the Mysterios, uh, Logan Paul, and uh, Seth Rollins, and the Usos, Kevin Owens. Um, I wish the Mysterios, I, I give the Mysterios uh, uh, a three, three, maybe three and a half. Um, I actually felt that Dom should have gotten the uh, the win, though. It would have been so great to build him as that, that heel um, that people would just love to hate. 
Like, God damn, man, he actually beat his dad, you know what I'm saying? Historic father, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and you would have to actually invest in him, you know what I'm saying, being, you know, uh, long-term, you know, uh, 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 that guy, so to speak. Um, oh, shit, riddled back. Uh, but uh, but um, I, I would have liked for... Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, God damn it. I, I would have liked for him to have gotten the win. Uh, Dominic got in the win uh, over his father. Uh, I don't know why that didn't happen, but it is what it is. I also... Hey, Ray got inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's why. What'd you say? Ray got inducted into the Hall of Fame. You want him losing on a Hall of Fame weekend? Hell yeah. Yes. That should have happened. Hell yeah. Absolutely. That, that's what it made it. Yeah, it that's should have happened. It build, do it, build the next generation. That's yeah, the biggest that's issue that they can't build the next generation. That, he would, he would have been the most hated heel. Yes. That's he would have been the most yeah. hated heel on earth. Yeah. 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 Like, I can't get that King Booker heel no more. I can't get that JBL heel no more. Yeah. Give me some of those categories. Exactly. I want to hate you for a reason. I got people who go back and say, I used to love wrestling, but I hated when Ben Booker was this. He was a cool guy. Then when he turned a Team the King Booker. I love it. He, he should have beat Rey Mysterio. I agree with you 100%. I thought that Dom's entrance was the best entrance to happen at WrestleMania. I love that, that shit. Entrance, that entrance was amazing. I couldn't believe I'm, I'm that. I'm really biased. He came out, Ray came out to Snoop. That was a dub for me. <laughs> he came out in a paddy wagon. I, I absolutely loved it. But, yeah, I agree. I thought they were going to pull the trigger and Dom was going to win. And so... He was because they already had him walk out of the Hall of Fame speech. So if you're gonna get like nuclear heat, go all the way. Yes, yes. Go all the way. Let have him, him win. Yes. Have him. Have him ask on the Monday after Raw, who's the real Hall of Famer? Since I beat you right after you gave your speech, who's have him the best just, Mysterio. Just, he, he he already had the outfit of a true heel. The man had a mask that was mocking his WCW days. Yes. His trunks had Eddie-inspired, like, design to it. And I promise you, if he if he would have did this, I, I wish Don would do this more. Have the toothpick. I know he can make the toothpick go over. I know he can do that. That oh, was the only thing that was missing oh, with yeah, that whole yeah, entrance. yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> well, like him doing the whole like, oh, I did, I did hard time. We were there for a day. We were like, I did hard time. I know what it's like out here. Like, if he would have came with a toothpick, I guarantee you he would have made that toothpick over. I mean, I love that dude. That that if since since we're going to be talking about this for day two, I'm telling y'all, they they dropped the ball on that right that right there. They definitely dropped the ball on because. I don't, I don't even care if, if, if Dominic gets like huger in body mass or whatever, whatever, right? But him being paired up with Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley with where she's at in her career right now, you just put a strap on her. And she's a bully in the women's division. Like, in terms of finding opponents for like Charlotte Fair, which we talked about before, like people who can match her in terms of athleticism, power, blah, 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 it's very hard to have those. In the, on the roster right now, you only had a few. You only had the the Bel Airs because she could match her, you know what I'm saying, in regards to speed and strength and stuff like that, but not really the in-ring ability. Then you got you got Rhea who can sell very good, who has the strength and stuff like that, got the stamina and whatnot, but had to improve on her in-ring ability. Then you had people like Sasha who could do it all, blah, blah, blah. But you don't have enough of that shit. 
Now you're going to have him in between them. You're going to have them in between them and your uh, building. Uh, I forgot the other dude's name, Damian Priest. Um, you're building them up. Hopefully, actually, can he, he supposed? Mac Panther. They're going to give him. They're going to give him Priest back to Punisher Martinez. Well, he should Punisher Martinez. Yeah, they. That's they, what he should have been. That's the reason I'm loving Priest now versus him getting rid of that. The infinite symphony. Not nah, go back where always when he was Punisher Martinez. When he's a fucking heel like he's doing right now, being a total jackass. Think about it. Being a bully. Think about it. Dom could be the perfect mix mix of luchador and an American. I'm talking about Jericho was as well, but he could be the next perfect mix with uh, with the people that he's paired mm-hmm. up with, and then and then having him to start his career off as a heel with the I'm the best Mysterio. That shit would have been bonkers. And obviously, yeah. when he breaks, to make, to make him separate himself, like you know how Cody in the you know American Nightmare, he's you know something different. He's pushed him away from his father to stand on his own. Yes, and, like Orton and all the rest of them. And obviously, it's going to come back to him being the chicken shit. He was going to come back to to the to a time period when the Judgment Day is is split apart in terms of everybody doing their own thing and they're excelling and stuff like that, and they can't always do run ins and blah blah blah. And he's stuck out there by himself. What is he going to do in ring, you know what I'm saying, that's going to make it look like he can handle himself but still lose? He'll still be able to say, I'm still the best Mysterio, you know what I'm saying, while still going out there because he lightweight, you know, he lighting the ass or whatever, you know what I'm saying, get his shit pushed in or whatever. But his in-ring ability going up while still doing lucha, lucha stuff and blah, blah, blah. You could have built a story for him so good that you just don't, that, that it never fades for him all he has to do is improve his in-ring ability because he's always going to have the mic ability to say, I did this. That's what, yep. that, that's what helped Jericho. Think about this, and L-Trav knows this too. Think about what, what Jericho in the Undisputed Championship beating Rock, beating Stone Cold, same night. Ooh, yeah. The memory the of that night. Whoop. He's the yeah. first. It, he's it, the first it sold to itself it. because yep. it didn't matter what he did. He yep. could have tripped up the steps and he'll be like, well, I still beat both of you at the same time. Yep. And, and years later, what happened? It got so huge because of how great those guys were. And because he was the only one to do it, that Vince had to put him back into the title chase four more times after that. This man even left the, the, the company twice came back and got back, got put back into title reigns. And and he was able to do what? Circle back to that. And Jericho has said numerous times he has done. And that's why Jericho is in my GOAT discussion, because he's come back and reinvented himself so over and over times that in this Dom situation, as long as Dom was dedicated to it, you could have built Dom up forever off of this shit because he's going to be a baby face again. He's going to and he's going to be a baby face for the kids. He's going to be, you know, I'm one of you guys, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a time that he's probably going to temporarily don a mask or something like that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But but the heel run alongside uh, uh, Judgment Day, I, I definitely, you know, I definitely thought that they could have did a little bit little bit more. Y'all can dive in a little bit more on that if y'all want to. But Yeah, uh, he can do that. He, he can, you know, like I said, he can dive in. He can turn back. He can, go, like, since he's been grew up in the Federal, we watched him grow up in there. Under with you know Eddie and shit, he can go like pull off you know Eddie shit, Latino heat. He can pull off a lot of darn stuff from back from the WCW era to reinvent himself from his family because he was you know he grew up in it, you know the, the like two, Latino the war lines. order shit. 
he could tip that over, but they pulled that out, but still. <laughs> At this point in his career, the two best lines that Dom will be able to carry for the rest of his career could have been, like you were saying, Iceman, I'm the best I'm I'm the best Mysterio. Ask my dad. He knows. And <laughs> even when he's a baby face, even when he's a baby face, he could be like, now, I'm not saying that anybody should put themselves in a position to go to jail. But for you, I don't mind going back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on to Seth Logan, another four star, almost five star match for Seth. Um, I loved it. I'm a fan of Logan in regards to what he's doing in the ring. I'm also somewhat of a fan in regards to what he and his brothers are doing. Um, They find themselves in very, very uh, uh, solid situations in regards to marketing themselves and stuff like that. Um, I love this for all the, 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 the telling of being able to say that Seth is still 1A, 1B, the best motherfucker in WWE right next to Roman. It's between him and Roman. 1A, 1B. Even though Roman has had this tremendous three-year run, Seth is the guy that they could turn to and still put anybody the fuck over. He can still go out there. I agree. I agree. Agree. He can go out there and sell. He can go out there and do a short match, long match, and you'll, you'll never walk away from his shit being like, man, I wasn't satisfied. Seth does it fucking all. And right now, at this point, he can put a glass of water over. Yes. Yes. I mean... From, it can be your Ken Omega and go re- wrestle a darn freaking blow-up doll. I, I didn't want to mention that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go that far, then. Um, I'm definitely a fan. I was a fan of the match. They chose some very significantly solid spots. Um... And everything like that, and and they 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 are doing WWE is doing a good job of of showing uh, Logan Paul's uh, athleticism and everything like that. I wish uh, that he would take it just slightly a bit more uh, uh, serious because I would like to see him have like ten matches out of the year. And they fucked him over though because I actually would have liked for him to take over the A lister moniker from the Miz. Um, but because they treated it more like a one-off when he first came in, uh, they just threw, they threw Miz in there and, and don't get me wrong. I give a lot of credit to Seth for being that universal guy that they can make, you know what I'm saying? Go out there and, and work with anybody, but they do that also with the Miz, even though they do it jokingly with the Miz. They also yeah, do Miz, It's no me Miz. It's no me Miz and it's Moni Ziggler. The first two guys to, you know, handle, you know, those situations true before you know, go touch touch Ice them man. for a Roman. Yes, sir. If 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 they were to put uh, Logan into a, a serious situation, they, they're probably going to end up putting a, a strap on him sometime soon, and you don't want to do that because that might devalue it. No, 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 no. See, you had see with what we talked about earlier, you squash him with Austin Theory. Yeah. You squash it. You, everything that L. Trav and I were telling you, you give you give him fodder, nothing but fodder for months, and then you disrespect Austin Theory with a SummerSlam match where he's got to go against somebody like a Logan Paul, and then he finally snap snaps. 
where he does what Roman does now, where Roman, when he, have y'all paid attention to Roman's matches? Now he goes out there and just obliterates motherfucker. He jokes around and shit in terms of like, like his cockiness and blah, blah, blah. But theory can, th that'll be the match that theory ain't got to do. No chicken shit, heel stuff or whatever in terms of, you know, biting people and all that kind of shit. He go out there and beat his ass with steel steps. He go out there and throw his ass on the goddamn announcer table. He goddamn throws his ass against the uh, the outer ring posts and shit like that. Stumps on them, spits on them, all of that kind of shit. And you finally get the theory that makes everybody be like, oh, that's what we were waiting to see. Because you don't have, you know what I'm saying, many young guys to have uh, Austin Theory actually in the ring against to look forward to, to be like, oh man, these this is the new upper echelon of people that, you know what I'm saying, that are going to be coming up in the WWE and blah, blah, blah. It's Austin Theory, some NXT guys or whatever, but that's about, that's pretty much it. So I like, I like uh, what I saw. I would like to see 10 matches out of the year. Maybe I'll, 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 I'll go down. I'll make it six matches out of the year. For Logan, um, because remember, isn't isn't Apollo Cruz uh, uh, in NXT as well? Early, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, like I said, like you yeah. really, you really don't have anybody for him to go against because Coffee was too old. You're, they're not going to, uh, they're not going to. Um, I don't know what that's Biggie, only, I don't know what big is. Uh, you can have him go up against like Elias and shit like that. Um, because you know, they 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 fucking him over. You know what I'm saying? You could also have him go up against like Dolph Ziggler. Put him okay, in his place. I was asking, like, who six people would you put him against? Yeah, you you put him in you know. they don't they don't have to win. You're you're throwing these people at him to build him. Okay. To, to get him to get Austin Theory to that point of Okay, goddamn, that's what we waited, that's what we wanted to see. So therefore, when he does get into the ring with a Drew McIntyre, a Sheamus, a Karrion Cross, and stuff like that, it makes y'all want to be like, okay, I want to see that shit. Because he's brutal enough to actually goddamn contend with the motherfuckers, et cetera, et cetera. And I think having him go up against a quote-unquote A-lister and a Logan Paul who who disrespects, you know what I'm saying, the ring and the aspect of, ah, uh, you know what I'm saying, I just kind of do this shit to make a little bit of money, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And Austin is like, man, I take this shit seriously. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what I this is what I love, you know, to do and blah. And you shitting on what I take seriously, I'm gonna take your ass out. And all the jokes aside, you know what I'm saying? All the cockiness on the table, all of that kind of shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You you give him some people like a, a, a Robert Rude and stuff like that to build Austin up, but my problem is no, but well, what about who you would you the six matches will have against Paul Jobbers? Paul, Paul like, well, they would all like which Jobbers will the nah, benefit nah, well and really hurt them. You much. don't, you don't need Jobbers because especially, you, especially, especially now he faced you know the top two. Yeah, yeah, you don't need Jobbers because that's his story. His story is that he's so marketable, he's got so many fans and blah, 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 that he's only set to be in the ring against whoever's deemed to be the upper echelon. And since Austin is considered to be the upper echelon, right, and there's at least two people in this chat right now that's like, oh, fuck Austin, I don't really like him and blah, blah, blah. You put him in that ring and it's like, it makes it believable. It makes people be like, I don't want to see that nigga win anyway. 
So yeah, let Logan goddamn get the title. And then and like I said, the 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 switch flips. It's like, oh shit. Goddamn Austin goddamn then went ape shit on Logan. You know what I'm saying? Logan ain't gonna be wrestling for the rest of the year. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm just saying hypothetically, if we did it this way, SummerSlam's in August or whatever, whatever. So he ain't gonna be wrestling for the rest of the year. He ain't gonna see him again until like Royal Rumble or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Um but Logan Paul just comes in on feature. Yeah, he just comes in on feature matches, big names and stuff like that. And he plays off of whoever the big name is as his as as that solidifying his purpose for being there. AJ Styles come back and they ain't got nothing going on with AJ Styles. You know what I'm saying? And he's talking about, you know, getting back into the chase or whatever, whatever. And Logan Paul comes out there and be like, hey, I just beat so-and-so and so. You know what I'm saying? And and you don't deserve it. Maybe I deserve a title shot and whatever, whatever. And then they go at it and stuff like that. And then Logan Paul talks some more shit. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, you know what? I need to be going for a championship. We know he's not going to go after Gunther, okay? Gunther, Gunther. Gunther <laughs> at least you put that out there. We, we know he's not going to go after Gunther. With, with where they have Gunther at and, and as violent as his matches can be and stuff like that, they're not going to throw him. So give him an easier burn or what we think would be an easier bone in Austin Theory. Young, young, athletic guys. They both look good and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Make it believable. You know what I'm saying? Make it watchable. You know, and it, it after you didn't fed... Austin Theory with enough of these people that, yeah, you know what I'm saying, you didn't really think that they could win, but but two two of them possibly, you know what I'm saying, possibly win or whatever, and you have this story with Logan Paul, then, like I said, this, 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 the switch will, will flip, you know, and everything like that. You put Austin over and whatever, but but they also make each other look very, very good, where where his athleticism, speaking about Paul, uh, um, looks so good that it, it makes you think, Oh shit, he could have possibly pinned goddamn theory, you know what I'm saying, when he had a couple of little little hot spots or whatever. And and yes, let Paul be the babyface. Let Paul be the babyface. Cause he's gonna need those hot spots from the crowd, you know what I'm saying, in order to come over theory. Cause like I said, I want theory to be I want theory to be the heel. I want him yeah. out there smashing his ass. Because in terms of the younger guys, even though Xavier Woods ain't that younger or whatever, but you ain't gonna have Xavier Woods vying for a U.S. title, uh, uh, and you and it be believable that he's gonna win, fellas. It, it, it there's it's like Kofi. It's like Kofi trying to win the world title right now, unless it happened right now already. But back in the day when he was in like you know Money in the Bank and shit, that's why he took Kofi out and put you know Ricochet in now. But I am a fan. I am a fan uh, uh, of the match or whatever. I thought it was copacetic. I thought it was dope. You know, but that and once again. While even with 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 uh, uh, Seth winning, which I, I felt that he deserved to win and everything like that, it still didn't make Paul look bad that you couldn't put Paul in another feature match later on in the year. That's my point. Right. I agree. You can still yeah, agree. Yeah. Not, 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 but not like a title match like he would, you know, with Roman and such. But no, no. But, but, but Logan, but, Logan but he, Paul has the benefit. You don't of need a title match to make it. He can actually come in and just make you emotionally invested in wanting to see a high-profile wrestler shut his mouth. Mm-hmm. So he, he's always going to have that. He doesn't have to wrestle a lot. Mm-hmm. He just needs to make you mad enough that you want to sick somebody on, which is great. And he's athletic enough to where they can build a match that will be amazing because all his matches have been great. I mean, the ring work has been ridiculous, mm-hmm. uh, especially for him to have wrestled so, many, so few matches. 
All right, so last last match for 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 night one because I know y'all anti or whatever. We've been on here for an hour and a half, almost two hours. So last night, uh, the Usos and uh, 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 Zayn and Kevin Owens five star match for me. Uh, I loved the spots in there or whatever. It did go maybe like five minutes longer uh, than I wanted, but I loved the three Haluma kicks at the end and whatnot, and specifically to to you know what I'm saying Jay. Uh, and doing it and whatnot. Um, it sucks that they had to feed Sammy an underling championship. Um, but I know that Vince sees him. I know that Vince sees him as a Christian. As so a, I, as I, a, I, I do have, have Sammy and Kevin won the tag championships for this? No. Um, no, so no, so I don't. So for me, because I I used to follow these guys back in their like their PWG days, and, and first of all, I just had to say like the the fact that they had PWG inspired like ring attire that was that was perfect. I saw that. that was that was, was incredible. Great. I think because a lot of people kept saying that oh Sammy should have been a top champion. I honestly don't. I think this is more perfect for him. Because it, it it tells the story perfectly going back to way, way back when they're even before they're even in WWE, when they're they were in PWG, when they're in Ring of Honor, like these guys have definitely traveled the road together. Like these guys are closer than brothers. So the fact that they won they're on top of the tag team division, I feel like that was that was perfect. That was even better than Sammy winning, like say the Undisputed Championship or the WWE Championship. Like him winning the tag team championship. With his brother against the two best tag teams in the world, I feel like that was a perfect ending for that story. I I I agree, but then disagree. The reason why is I felt that the okay, the bloodline story had gotten so good that that Roman and the crew they cured so many directions that the story could go in that when you're watching any of you all watch any TV shows today Snowfall, uh, uh, Breaking Bad, The Wire all of that kind of stuff. You know the plot twists it thickens and stuff like that with the bloodline you had multiple avenues that you could have went in you could have went with you know what I'm saying the not, not real brother being the one to divide and split and break up the family then you could have had the jealous cousin, you know what I'm saying, that wanted it all, that had a taste of it all, you know what I'm saying, and, and desires it, you know what I'm saying, uh, 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 and also the history of, you know what I'm saying, being downtrodden, being talked talk down to, being treated less of a man, and, and blah, blah, blah. Then you have another story of the young the young gun, the underling, the, 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 the enforcer, you know what I'm saying, being treated like an afterthought by not only the head of the table, but by his own brothers. And him being built as, you know what I'm saying, this bulldozer, you know what I'm saying? There's so many avenues that you could have gone with the bloodline story and then finally culminating, right? I wanted to go, I wanted it to go in the direction of them using this as a piece for uh, uh, for uh, Sami Zayn to continue to break down the bloodline. I didn't want it to be like, oh, okay, yeah, well, now that we won, you know what I'm saying, that's the end of it. No, 
This has been a a, a year long run of just great fucking year and a half more uh, long run of great storytelling. Don't let it just end on, oh, okay, well, you know what I'm saying? He paired back up with his best friend who has turned his back on him three times. Oh, he's my best friend. We're going to go out here and win these tag titles. And this nigga didn't stab me in the back. I don't know how many goddamn times or whatever. And that be about, oh, well, he beat his not-so-blood brother in Jay, you know what I'm saying, in order to do so. No. Keep this story going on where, yeah, he does beat Jay. Jay lets down the tribal chief. And he goes back to treating Jay like how he did the first six months. And then Sami Zayn and them say, oh, we ain't done with you. We still want to knock down your empire, Roman. So, yeah, we went after the titles and stuff like that. But now, since there's less gold in the family, you know what I'm saying? You ain't going to be as respected as much. You ain't got as much power. Like, you can't control the show as much as you want to now and everything like that. Like, every, because remember, for a while, this is something else that they did storyline wise his ability to control the show. Having, you know, the important titles on the show and everything like that. We wrestle when we want to. We come out and speak first and shit like that. We even wrestle first if we want to. And then get on a private plane and get the fuck out of here. Because we don't give a fuck about the rest of these niggas. And so, oh, you can't do that anymore. Now the tag champs get to throw they they wait around a little bit with Adam Pierce or whoever, you know what I'm saying? By saying, yeah, you know, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh. We want to get these people over here or whatever. And we want to make the Usos watch or some shit like that. And then you start to chip away at the king and chip away at the king's power. While also this is happening, you still don't have Sami Zayn winning the major title, but he weakens the bloodline enough that somebody like a Cody finally gets the <laughs> pinfall victory. 